Okay, I'm ready, man. I'm super ready. I'm gonna have a sip of my coffee. Make sure we wrap Galaxy. I got banana bread all over this mug. Doesn't look pro. Does not look pro. All right, let's get into it. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Photography Brothers podcast. We are your photography brothers. I'm Jared Poirier. I'm a videographer and a photographer here in Toronto. And I'm with a very handsome man who is named... Michael Costa. I am a lifestyle photographer and video editor here based out of... Milton, Ontario, I guess now, but yeah, nice. I'll, still, I'll still go with the yeah. I still like to go with the Mississauga native thing, but mm. we'll, we'll go Milton. We'll, we'll we'll give Milton some cred right now. Photo- photographer at large, photographer around the world, Mister Worldwide, as they call you. <laughs> yes, because when I move from city to next door city, I'm Mister Worldwide. Oh man, photographer. <laughs> Photographer who's gonna be mad at me once I Photoshop a picture of him bald, looking like Pitbull, and put it oh, up. Oh right, man! Put I'll it tell you right what. Here. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. If you wait about three years to post this video, I will send you an actual photo of me bald, and you won't need to Photoshop <laughs> anything. So, uh, yeah, man. I've been doing this um, thirty for thirty challenge on um, on Instagram where you do like push-ups and stuff like that. Yeah. And I keep like putting up my uh, my cell phone camera and then just like doing push-ups, but the angle is usually the top of my head. And, oh yeah, like, man, yeah, it's, it's getting... the most brutal perspective. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, you know Jamie. Jamie challenged me to do that one time like, mm-hmm. early last year mm-hmm. or this earlier this year. And man, that angle is just like the worst. Basically, Not when I was doing angle. it, I was like, I'm only looking at the camera, but then it looks weird because you're like dead eyeing the people watching it. You're yeah. Like, while you're One, heavy, while you're heavy two. breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, by 20, I'm already heavy breathing for sure. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Let's kick off a topic, my dude. Okay. Well, before we get into the uh, episode here, um, I just want to acknowledge a couple things. We got a couple okay. of uh, birthday, couple of birthday shout outs here. So, um, you know, today is uh, my brother Craig's birthday. I want to say happy birthday to Craig. Uh, yesterday was uh, my drummer Mark's birthday, so we're going to do a hey. happy birthday shout out to Mark. Um, and uh, coming up, I'm not sure when I'm going to uh, actually edit this or get it out, or maybe I'll make uh, Michael edit this one. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll uh, make it my Christmas present and edit this one for us. I'm not sure. But uh, my lovely fiance Masha is having a birthday uh, coming up in next weekend uh so that's pretty exciting as well so happy birthday to masha happy birthday to masha happy birthday to the drummer happy birthday to everybody happy birthday happy birthday to everybody in the world um anybody else in particular that you want to wish a happy birthday to uh michael costa uh oh man uh Uh, jesus uh, that one's coming up jesus christ is coming up Mm -hmm. uh big fan Whoever, I don't know who Hanukkah is, but happy birthday Hanukkah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't happy know. It's something to do with, with that Buddha guy or like, I don't know. Happy birthday, know, just... happy birthday Buddha. Yeah, happy birthday Buddha and to ignorance. The... <laughs> um... <laughs> I was going to say, this might be the most offensive part yeah. of Photography Brothers so far. I, I needed to make an ignorance comment there so that mm-hmm. they knew that we were, were joking. Okay, so birthdays are out of the way. Um, general cultural ignorance is out of the way. Disclaimers are out of the way. Let's get into our topics 
for today. I've got a great topic and everybody loves this topic already. Um, they're going to be blown away by this topic. Uh, okay. Do you want to go first actually with topics or can I go? I, I'm pretty excited. I'd say so you go first and then I think mine is a good news slash topic transition into news mm. and you know. So. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So this is uh, this is a topic here and this is something that I have heard many times in my life. Um, the phrase that uh, that every every photographer, every creative has heard, and uh, and maybe maybe you hate to hear it or maybe you embrace it, but but we've all heard it. You're too expensive. Mm. Mm. It hurts, don't it? How does that how does that phrase make you feel, Michael? Have you ever has has anyone ever said Michael Costa, photographer, you are too expensive? You know, I have, mm -hmm. but funny enough, I think, uh, I think there's two things to say here. So one is I have when I really wasn't like, it was like, I, I think you hear it a lot, especially when it's someone who's diving into, uh, uh, you know, like getting uh, outsourcing, you know, freelance work and stuff. And, and mm -hmm. they haven't really had to do that for creative. Maybe they've just kind of done some stuff themselves and now they're doing mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and they weren't used, they, they weren't expecting the price point. And so I think like for a lot of those people, I was surprised where it was like, you know, I'm, I typically, and not that this is a recommended thing, but, um, it's a very competitive market in Toronto. And, uh, for a lot of these things, sometimes if I know that there's future opportunity with that client, I'll under, I'll under, charge a little bit mm -hmm. and so funny enough it, it's been on a lot of opportunities like that and yeah like the, the running trend typically was that like it's either a new company or they're new to outsourcing creative mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but outside of the out, sorry outside of that i think like if, if it's somebody who's established and they're trying to almost bully you into a lower price point uh, or just saying, hey, you know, it, it, that's too much. You don't really want to work with them. They're probably not going to value creative. Mm -hmm, like th mm -hmm. that's kind of my, my take on it, right? Like if, if I, you know, I'm talking to someone who's like a mid-size energy drink, you know, manufacturer, and I quote them something reasonable, and they say no, then the next time they ask me, I might not even might not even try. Maybe, maybe, right? But mm -hmm. I, I think that like it says a lot about how much they value creative. And you don't want to work with people, at least from my opinion, that that don't value creative, and at the end of the day, probably won't value yours. Yeah, it could be it could be a, a sign of trouble, definitely, that you're going to experience uh, a bit of a hard relationship as this fly comes into the room here, <laughs> trying to ruin the podcast right now. Um, yeah, like I think sometimes it is that. Sometimes it is a a sign that tells you like, oh, you know, this is, uh, this is maybe a client that I need to be a little bit weary of. And mm. sometimes it's just that you, uh, along the way in your sales process and your onboarding process, you just haven't really explained the value of what you do, 
um, well enough, maybe that, uh, that when you do get to that point that you're throwing out the price that the mm -hmm. client is coming back. So yeah, I think it can kind of, it can be one of two things. Yeah. Maybe you are right. Maybe, uh, maybe it is just someone who doesn't really value creative work, doesn't really understand, uh, like the return on investment they're going to get with that. Uh, but sometimes it does have to do with just like how you're explaining, uh, what it is that you do and how the client is going to benefit from, uh, from your, services, right? It's true. I think actually, thank you for bringing up those points. Those are really good ones. And I think another point to bring up is like, if you're Jimmy two shoes and you just picked up your, you know, mid two thousands Nikon DSLR and you looked up how much to charge on your gigs and you saw that like Johnny, oh, I'm coming up, running out of names here. Jo Johnny, Johnny, Johnny cheap, Matthews. Johnny cheap, Johnny cheap cam. No, no, oh. Johnny Cheap Cam would have to be the first guy. Okay, oh, so, okay. Let's do this all over again. John, okay. Johnny, Johnny Cheap Cam. Okay, yes. Johnny Cheap Cam, <laughs> mid two thousands, Nikon DSLR. They had incredible video, guys. Incredible videos on that. Um, let's say he's like, I want to start charging because I shot my 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 niece's confirmation last week and it looked really good. And so then he looks up and he sees that that Jimmy Two Shoes. Uh, who's been in the industry for for you know 20 years and has an incredible setup of equipment and production uh, quality and experience is charging a thousand dollars per gig don't match his cost maybe like don't you know you have to be aware of your experience as well and I think that comes it becomes a big factor in, into how you price out your your rates right yeah yeah there's a lot that uh goes into pricing like me personally i'll usually do it by like an hourly type of thing if it's like a way more stressful scenario like i started doing live streams which require like ridiculous amount of like attention and like on you know troubleshooting on the go and things like that you know i'll charge a little bit more of an hourly for that if there's a lot of extra gear that i have to bring yeah. you know um, th these are things that you need to consider. You got to be, uh, making sure that you're getting paid enough as a creative that it's actually worth it. Right. You don't want to ever yeah. be in that situation that you're, that you're bringing a lot of stuff, um, and not really, uh, you know, bringing a lot to the table in terms of skills and gear and everything, and, and just not getting paid enough that it's worth it for you. You should feel good while you're doing this. So you got to account for all of that in your pricing. Um, but yeah, what are some things uh, in your experience, Michael? And I have a few points here uh, myself. What are some things if people do, you know, if you are quoting, let's say a new client and they do say something like, hey, like this is a little bit uh, expensive for us. Um, what are some ways that you're like able to justify uh, that price or really like, you know, continue that conversation if you if you do actually want to work with that client? It's a very good question. Um, Thanks, buddy. I, th I think uh, I'd hope that, you know, it's an industry that I'm familiar with. I, I don't, mm -hmm. you know, we have to assume that in, in that, like, if they're reaching out or if I'm reaching out, it's going to be something where they've either seen that my body of work reflects that I'm comfortable in that space or that I felt comfortable in it. And so I reached out. Um, I, and then in that situation, like, you know, just experience is, is one thing that I would I'd probably want to highlight, you know, like, hey, I've, I've shot many apparel um, shoots and, and it's been used in, in multiple, uh, campaigns or collateral, you know, just as an example, right. Um, I think that's one thing you can address. The other thing, uh, a lot of people play the equipment field. Mm -hmm. I think, I think y you can, I think that, um, I think that, you know, you see a lot of those like YouTube series where it's like pro versus, uh, amateur and the amateur's got like a red and the other guy's got like, you know, something crap, but, 
you know the video output is always still very impressive from the pro so i, I think that like equipment is, is is something that you can factor in mm -hmm. um i think that there is a place for it in that there is an overtime um uh i guess depreciation but also mm -hmm. like uh, um i guess like uh it, it, it you know wear and tear as well so i think you, you sure. can to a degree I, I think just like some people are a little misunderstood on the equipment side and like what it means it, it's more so that's the latter it's less to do with like hey i have a good camera so i can put out good equipment now with that being said depending on what you're shooting you can play that right if you're like hey you know what well i was thinking about doing some super slow-mo i've got a you know a, a, a I don't know, pick a camera, it can shoot at 120 frames per second. You won't be able to do this at this video quality output yeah. without this kind of equipment. If it brings yeah. some sort of unique value that way, then that's different, mm -hmm. right? But if it's like, hey, I have an A7 II and it's, and it's really good, then that's not how you want to do it. So I think equipment, um, I think sometimes um, for, from the client side, they don't understand yeah um, you got to explain it so you, you can... have to explain it yeah say something yeah. something in terms of like they will understand if you just say like oh well i'm bringing this camera and it's 120 60 they're going to be like i don't know what you're talking about so yeah like slow yeah. that down say okay you'll be able to shoot really high quality and yeah. uh and you'll be able to get like um even slow motion shots and all of these types of things right so. yeah exactly i think the last point i was just going to bring up was just um i think in a lot of the value that we bring. I think is, I meant to say I, 4K 60, by the way, sorry. Yeah, if you could shoot in 4K, 4K 60. 60 yeah, if you just said 4K 60, 60, they'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and I think the last thing that in a way is kind of encapsulating the first two points is just that um, our vision is, is kind of, um, I guess a culmination of what we the, the tools that we have available to us and our experience mm -hmm. and knowing what we can do and then also like just in in the nature in nature of being a creative like we we go into this with like being able to see things that sometimes other people can't mm -hmm. and so if, if if something is expensive to them but maybe they don't fully understand the scope of what you're talking about hopping on a call and just being like this is exactly what i'm envisioning yeah. tell me that this doesn't sound awesome yeah this is why right. you want me to have a better lens this is why i need a zoom lens for this job this is why i need to bring extra lights this is why we need a gimbal depending on the job right yeah yeah for sure man there's a few things too that i like to uh that i like to pull out and i've i've found uh that these can work really well um just going back to that point of like return on investment i think that this can be one of the strongest things if you just say like wow well, you know i have really fancy gear that's not always like the greatest it, it can work <laughs> yeah. it can work and it can be it can be a justification um but i think a, a better one is like that return on investment saying like uh, and it works really well for me, especially in real real estate saying, you know, you're going to spend X hundreds of dollars or X thousands of dollars, but you're going yeah. to be, you're going to be selling properties, uh, like sooner, you're going to get uh, a lot more reach with your properties. And when you are, yeah. when you are selling like an active listing, you know, you're talking about making like 20, 30 grand. So the yeah. few hundred dollars or a few thousand that you're paying for videos over time, like it's paying for itself and then some, right? So if you're able to come up with a, a really good, like, especially if you have a case study where you can say, hey, I actually, uh, you know, maybe you find this price is a little expensive, but I just did this um, similar project for another client and uh, and they made like X amount of money. Now you understand the value, right? Yep. Last point I want to add in here, just mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. when you were talking, you- Yeah, you go and then I'll go. We just swift back and just forth. Just keep going, just keep going. Quick fire. Um, I think 
that the other part of this is, look, w- when you're doing B2B, right? Like we're not, we're talking about, you know, I, I think in general, we're, we're, we're talking in the show, we talk about everything, but in this yeah. specific situation, we're talking about like, you know, um, you know, at least from my perspective, because that's kind of the world I live in, is that B2B, like reaching yep. out to a company, trying that's to mostly do what I'm some marketing about, yeah. stuff. Exactly. Right. And so when you're talking about that, your main goal, I think from that first gig is to, um, is to rec- is to create reoccurring revenue yeah. and reoccurring yeah. gigs, and so by highlighting just the equipment that you have, also it's like that doesn't make you a unique asset, right? That's not, not someone that they're gonna want to yeah. bring you you back for. But like mm-hmm. if you have great vision, you have experience, and, and you're a likable person or whatever, right? Yeah, like that. Yeah. I think that that's gonna that's gonna yield better results. Dude, this is so crazy. Like the the level, the level that the photography brothers are at. I was about to say the exact same thing. Ah, uh, <laughs> we'll call that both our uh, points. <laughs> literally the same thing. I was seriously about to say the same thing. Like what set? Same sweater, same, same ideas. Same sweater, same glasses, <laughs> different cameras, Canon forever, Canon for life, at least until Boxing Day when I buy a Sony. Just kidding. um yeah but that yeah that can be something that really sets you apart uh especially um if someone maybe doesn't understand the gear maybe they don't understand that like you're just uh you know the skills that you have with light and the artistic vision that you have is above and beyond other people i mean i get like i guess that can be relative as well right but uh something like you're looking at the long term you're looking to be a team member to this person right you're going to be showing up reliably like there's some of my clients that like call me and say jared we're shooting next week that's okay yeah i'll be there we need to postpone it it's okay i'll be there right you're there for them when they need you and that is something that uh, you know is really invaluable truly like that is going to keep keep the customers uh coming back i think that's definitely one of the best ways to uh to justify your price for sure mm-hmm. for sure for sure you got anything else i think we uh, i think we pretty much nailed it right there I think that was great. I know I had something that and came up. And it's lost and I, in the ether? It's, it's lost It's lost in the ether, man. Oh, and, man. Uh, what, what do they call the, uh, the, is it the under in, in Stranger Things? Oh, under, the, um, wow. I watched I watched it, and I guess it just kind of went in and out of my brain. <laughs> the, the, I don't That's kind of what I'm hoping happens to 2020. Hang on, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, what's the what's the uh, thing in Stranger Things? Stranger, I'm probably not typing the right word. Thing in Stranger Things, the out, un, under underside underworld. What's it called? All right, let's see. It's called the the upside down. The upside upside down. down upside Ladies down. and gentlemen, live here on the Photography Brothers podcast, googling upside down. Uh, did you have any other points that you wanted to get across? Oh, I think we nailed it. I th- totally think we nailed it. That's really, uh, really the big things is like, what's the gear that you're bringing to the table? What's yeah. the skills that you're bringing to the table? What's the ROI? And what's like your value as a team member to to that that person or that business? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there is anything else. I don't know if a topic's ever been summed up as well as we just did this. <laughs> well, Boom. let's see if I mess it all up because I had one more point. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, this may have been mentioned already, I think maybe possibly in episode one, but I think the thing for a lot of you to understand if you're new to the, if you're new to this and, and even just new to B2B, um, you know, uh, in a creative space is, you know, businesses don't want to keep looking for a new creative. They want to just have the guy or the girl, 
or the girl it's true. or the, it's true. you know the person who doesn't associate with a the gender they want to have their person okay mm-hmm. so um if you, you strike the right chords you're the you're the person and, mm-hmm. and so um i think all of this to just sum up that like very you know, true very true you know yeah. that first impression is like incredibly important hell yeah there, there are massive opportunity costs uh for trying to get like a new person to do something and i'm someone that like hires freelance for my business and when i find mm-hmm. people who are reliable and they do good work and they're willing to learn like there's just no turning back like there's no way i would try to find somebody else right even if they were cheaper seriously even if they're cheaper i'd be like nope because it's going to take so much time to get get them used to how i want the work to be done and things like that so very true yeah. man very true very good point yeah thank you all right um cool so uh great topic jared uh, as Thanks. always of course you. man you know we know we know what we're getting here we know what we're getting from jared um so my topic is going to seamlessly transition into the news element of the show nice. because it All is right. tied thank you thank you uh it is uh tied to a news story but it, there was a topic that came to mind when i was reading through it and uh so you can find this it is uh on petapixel we'll have all the links obviously linked down below um but the the title of the article is photographer gets death threats over utah monolith photo in new york times okay photo yeah Yeah. man i heard about this monolith i didn't hear about this particular story related to it so same i think i don't know that a lot of people know um, although I guess the image was released on New York times, right? So, you know, I, I'm not that big into looking at, um, publications and stuff like that, but, um, the photo is incredible. And basically it's all about this guy called, uh, Ross Bernards. And, uh, he's like this, you know, those photographers drive around in a van. They kind of just like live the road life. Really cool. Um, and so one night he drove by the monolith or sorry, he, in, with intention, he drove to it. And he wanted to try out kind of like some light trails. And so he uh, had his camera set up on a tripod and then he had, you know, you know how you do light trails. You set up the whole thing, long exposures, all that stuff. Yeah. And he had his drone, which has a light on it, lower down as he stood on top of the monolith and it lowered down into his hand. So it created this really cool, almost like, I don't know if anyone watches Dragon Ball Z or or watched it, you know, Kamehameha, you know, that kind of thing. Very cool, Uh, man. Really cool image. So he gets back into his van turns out the people that took it took it the same night that he was there so he's getting a couple of different points because oh, someone like stole it or whatever right it like disappeared exactly so he's getting two different types of backlash around this so one i'll start with the part that's not tied back to my topic and then i'll transition into that so the the one thing is like hey you saw them there he was apparently close enough he could hear what they were saying he, mm-hmm. he told petapixel you know some of the, like some the, of the things that they were the saying. people that stole it you mean exactly yeah so you were close enough you didn't do anything you didn't say anything whatever sure i think that it's fair i, I know it was like it was three guys i think that took it i was looking apparently they posted footage of it too crazy but um so you know i think it's understandable if he didn't do anything because it's you know what one guy versus three guys what if they're you know uh confrontational but but the other part of it and this is going to transition into the topic is um he's getting a lot of backlash around it because of the fact that he was standing on it and he was creating these photos yeah that's what i was kind of thinking yeah exactly right and so 
there's a whole topic there. And I know, you know, we're local um, here. And, and so, you know, obviously, you know about Kaladin. You probably know that there was the Badlands uh, over there. And it's still there. But unfortunately, um, we don't have access to it anymore. We can go to a visual platform, to a, to a platform where we can look at it. But before, uh, and unfortunately, I, I, you know, did this as well. Um, a lot of photographers, videographers, we'd go there, we'd literally be standing on it, walking up and down, climbing it, taking photos. And what happened was that they were concerned about, I don't want to say the health of it, but basically like the conditions of it and how it was kind of deteriorating over time. And so they closed it off. And so I think my question really ties back to like, where is that line between between utilizing the space and creating something really beautiful and highlighting it versus mm -hmm. like, hey, let's respect that space. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of yeah. that line for me. And I think that that's also transferable to like, even if you're shooting at a venue and it's like, hey, I'm gonna like use this as a foreground piece and like take photos and in general, like, like we have to know what that line is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like how, how much are you kind of paying tribute to a work of art by like incorporating it into your own art or are you just like kind of vandalizing it and yeah, yeah. like re reducing the enjoyment like you probably want to take this photo to like en enhance people's enjoyment of it and like put your own spin on it. And maybe you are like ruining their enjoyment of it if you're, you know, it, what if he did break it or, or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you brought up a good point. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you go off. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think a, a large portion of it, like you just said, and I hope I'm not about to take your point, but I think. <laughs> again. <laughs> again. But I think. Get out of my head, Michael Costa. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do like a mind reading power. Today's news. New photographers are reading minds um, uh yeah we're teaming up with the the, the camera stealing monkeys um <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're taking over the world <laughs> reading minds stealing cameras reading minds stealing cameras eating bananas eating so bananas. my thought is and potentially our thought is that as long as you're not vandalizing it it yeah. might not be an issue but i think like you know, for example, like if we talk about like a Grand Canyon or something like that, it's like, oh, this would be a great spot. Don't be like, like, like hammering anything into rocks. Don't be like, you know, climbing things. You know, obviously, if it has a sign that says don't climb anything, don't touch, whatever, that's yeah. obvious. But like yeah. in general, like there needs to be, I think, like, a, like an awareness of like, hey, there might not be a sign here, but this looks fragile. This looks brittle. Maybe I don't tamper with this, touch this, go near it. I can capture it and highlight its beauty, but not manipulate it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really reminding me a lot of uh, this, the discussion that we had around uh, street photography, and I think we yeah. really came down kind of in the both of us. I really think came down on like the the moderate side of that issue, really kind of understanding both sides, but also you know not being too extreme, like not being that extreme artist or that extreme I don't know like anti artist. <laughs> that's like <laughs> yeah. you know these artists are out here just doing whatever they want, and that's so bad. Like. Yeah, I think um, if you're excited about something and you really want to go create a piece of art, like I don't want to say don't go out there and do it, right? Like if you want to, you know, go be part of this big uh, this big art experience uh, with this monolith, I think like go and do that. Um, if you want to do street photography, go and do that. Just yeah, have respect for uh, for the people around you is is really is really what it takes, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, what, what's, uh, what's your take on this whole thing? Man, I kind of just gave it, but yeah, yeah, I think like, I think it, it ultimately is, um, yeah, like having respect for the place. I think, you know, so that's on the nature side and, and like, you know, natural beauty. Uh, we don't want to mil- manipulate it, touch it, uh, yeah. you know, I, or, I, adjust, or adjust anything about so- it. Yeah, Sorry, I meant ahead. more like uh, I meant more like, what do you think this thing is? Do you think it's just a piece of art, or you think it's actually like something aliens put in there? Oh, so yeah, that's what I meant. You mean the monolith? Yeah, I have no idea what that. <laughs> it, it looks like I saw a video. Apparently, there's a TikTok of the three people who stole it walking away with it. Oh, yeah, and it. I, I was surprised because every photo that we've seen of it, it just looks like this really dense piece of metal that's yeah just hammered into the ground. It's like. It's like sheet metal mm-hmm. or something. And then mm-hmm. there's like a top and then it's hollow on the inside. And I was like, hmm. So to answer your question, if it was alien, I think it'd be, <laughs> be dense. It'd have some like crazy like, and have you ever seen Transformers 2? Uh, those movies all blur together. Sure. <laughs> there's like, uh, so in one of the Transformers movies, uh, Sam Shia LaBeouf's Whitley, in that one, right? Yeah. Shia okay. LaBeouf. One of the Shia it, LaBeouf man. era. Wahlberg's uh-huh. got to get out of here. Okay? Well, Wahlberg, <laughs> get out of here. Come on, get out of here. Get back to the burgers. Go back so, to Boston. The Go glasses. Eat some burgers. His glasses in one of the movies. Mine are incredibly dirty. But in, in his, uh, it was, or sorry, not his glasses, his grandfather's glasses had these, like, kind of like um, carved in alien words I'm, and, and signs and stuff like yeah, that. It's yeah, all coming yeah. back so, to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I, you know, I think if it was alien, it'd look really cool like that. How we got here, I don't know. But I, we're now we're just talking about if, if aliens were to put a piece of metal on the ground, what would it look like? I think it looks kind of like that. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was it broke up uh, the monotony of the news cycle. It wasn't some story that uh, yeah, made everybody true, made everybody upset and made everybody cry and uh, you know just brought everybody to desperation. This was something fun and something fun to talk about. So I'm glad we're talking about it here on Photography Brothers. Yeah, man. I mean, some people got pretty triggered by it, but but uh, <laughs> like, some people got pretty triggered about it. But uh, no, I definitely do agree that yeah. like the you fact feel... that it was something that wasn't tied back to like a pandemic or a virus <laughs> is just like even the vaccinations. Like, oh, it's ninety five percent accurate. It's like yeah, you're still yeah. reminding me that there's a, a you know just tell me when the thing's out. Yeah, you know? that really that really speaks to the internet's capacity to ruin everything, doesn't it? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Okay, are we uh, ready to go into the news? Let's do it. What do you got? All right, we're coming in. Well, don't forget, we got to rock the intro. Get the fuck out of here. This fly has been in my house for like four days. How long? This episode is brought to you by the fly in Jared's room. How long do flies (laughs) live? Uh, A day. I've looked this up. A in, day? Uh, yeah. No, sorry, sorry. Twenty-four, twenty. Uh, sorry, a month is what I meant to say. Oh, a month. Up to a month. That's oh, the common no. house fly. Everyone is in and around a, a month, somewhere or, or less than that. I'm looking at a See? month of this. Fuck. Well, it depends, man. How how big is this guy? Like, is he you know fully? Is he an adult? He's because <laughs> he's, he's gonna chunk. pass out. 
He's pretty chunky, man. He was he probably is coming in here because I got this banana bread. I'm gonna move this banana bread. What's your topic, my dude? We got the topics are over, bro. You're sorry, man. You're you news in the past. Article. You in the past. News article. This is Photography Brothers News, ladies and gentlemen, and I am exhilarated right now. I am exhilarated because this is your source for the latest and greatest news, and this this episode has some serious news on the cutting edge. We are on the the leading edge, the bleeding edge, the cutting edge, all of the edges with this. All next. of them. All it's, it's actually an octagon and so there are many edges and other ones that I didn't even think about. The Yeah. Um What's like the, the 3D octagon? What is that one? The I don't know, bro. That's a that's a math geometry question more than a <laughs> photography brothers question. Well, I didn't well expect we're on all a those freaking geometry quiz on photography brothers. This isn't geometry brothers. <laughs> okay, tell tell us on the 3D octagon thing. Yeah, what, which edge are we are we paying attention to? But What's the news right now? What we got here. Right now, we're on. Yeah. We're going to talk about the bleeding edge. Bleeding, a bleeding edge okay of the octagon okay time for a news story so this news story uh also comes from petapixel i guess uh we've just been um sourcing some news stories from there apparently they're putting some uh, some good stuff up on there so you can check out that website they got good stuff related to photography mm -hmm. and this article right here is entitled ai will not ruin photography um, so this is basically okay. going into some of the new AI-related uh, advancements uh, in the fields of photo editing. And uh, there's been quite a lot going on, actually. So just to keep you guys uh, up to speed, um, let's start with uh, DxO Photolab. Uh, Photolab 4, it's a uh, piece of software that I personally don't use. Uh, Michael, you ever use this software? Nope. Nope, me neither, but these guys are doing some cool stuff uh, with AI um, photo editing. Uh, so they have uh, some new features that they're implementing right now. Uh, one of them is gonna be AI-powered uh, denoising, and then this other thing that I had to look up called demosaicing uh, with AI. Um, and this is all specifically around the uh, editing with AI uh, in the raw format. So definitely something that uh, photographers are familiar with and, uh, and can benefit from. You can think of a lot of reasons why you would want to denoise your photos if you're shooting a little okay. bit in the dark. Uh, maybe you don't have the most expensive camera in the world, so you're cranking your ISOs, you're getting a little bit of noisy photos. Um, yeah, I've definitely had that experience before, uh, yeah. shooting like late at night in bars and things like that and trying to get good light and like, trying to, uh, put your flash in the right place and everything. And when you're going through and editing, yeah, having the ability to denoise would be, uh, would be awesome, especially if it's simplified. Um, and, and demosaic, what that is, is it's actually able to go into the color data and kind of extrapolate out all of the colors. So if you're shooting in raw and you have like a photo that doesn't have as rich a colors as you want, I guess when you go to like boost the saturation, um, this kind of new feature is able to find out like all of the colors and then kind of bring them back to life, I guess, is what I could understand. Mm. Um, demosaicing my five minutes of reading what I could piece together on that. 
Um, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, and then with Photoshop is where uh, the really crazy uh, stuff is happening. So there's a whole bunch of new features for Photoshop that are like AI powered. Um, we'll talk about a few of them here. Uh, sky replacement, skin smoothing. Uh, you can do like aging, you know, age people up, you know, uh, what like you, you kind of do on your cell phone. Um, some other ones like colorizing uh, black and white photos. Uh, and then another one oh. that was, yeah, colorizing black and white photos. One that was really, really interesting is um, like really precise hair masking, like being able to uh, kind of get in and get like all those individual strands of hair, which is kind of like the hardest part of when you're trying to like mask out a yeah. uh, person out of the background or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the creepiest one is like changing facial expressions. Oh, that one creeps me out a bit. I gotta say that that would be great for someone who you've never seen smile before. <laughs> yeah, you could like actually see what it would look like if they did yeah. smile. Um, yeah, and I was th thinking like applications of that one would be like definitely those wedding photos or those family mm. photos where yeah, one person just ruins it by like making a weird face, and then you're just like, boom, guess what? Fix that. Um, so yeah, uh, this is all pretty interesting stuff. Um, and I guess the reason why this is like AI powered, um, like strictly speaking from what I understand about like AI is that you like teach, uh, kind of teach the machine in order to, uh, get it to, um, do a task. So like when they have like songs that are written by AI, it's like you play every Beatles song for like, uh, for a system and then it like writes a Beatles song for you based on that. You can kind of see that, right? So oh, this yeah. this type of thing is like they've been showing photos. Like um, DxO says that for the past 15 years they've been feeding their algorithm photos, and I guess that that's teaching it like, okay, what is the process wow. of like denoising? What is the process of like changing the levels uh, that like you would go through for pretty much every single photo? And uh, yeah, I mean, I could I can see the the benefits of this for sure. If it's uh, lightening your workload, I don't like post processing is kind of boring. It's not as fun as shooting, right? And if this yeah. means that you can shoot more and, and post process less, then maybe it is a good thing. But uh, but what what are you thinking about all this? Yeah, I think um, yeah. Look, I, I think that whenever someone mentions um, AI in, in like it being able to do something that we would typically do ourselves. Typically people get uncomfortable about it, but I think in this scenario, like you mentioned, it can only be beneficial. Obviously there are people who run, you know, photo editing, uh, you know, at least sides to their business. Sometimes maybe some people do it as a full-time thing. Maybe that impacts them. But I think for the, from the, for the larger scale of things, this is really beneficial. Now, is it accurate, right? You're talking about how there's 15 years of backlog images that have kind of helped to fuel the, the AI um, knowledge base. And so that's incredible. Uh, I think, you know, d dark images, like you mentioned before, you know, especially if it's accessible just through your base phot um, photography plan, you get your, your uh, Photoshop installed. Yeah. Maybe you're a newer photographer. Like you mentioned, you have, you know, uh, not a great lens or a great camera, but mm -hmm, you love mm -hmm. going shooting at night because that's what the folks do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, your night portraits are pretty grainy and you can't always do a film look, an old film look on your images. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is a really cool thing. I know that Photoshop introduced not too long ago also a feature where you can um, where you can just like, and maybe this is what you meant, we're, we're referring to with the 
with the hair selection mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like uh, in the selection tool it's almost like you draw a box around what you want mm-hmm. uh, uh, selected and then it'll take a few seconds and then it'll uh, you know it'll do that and I found that it's more like 25% of the time it's been really really accurate yeah so, um, so if if it's consistent then that's cool if it isn't then it's like hey let's try it first it doesn't work whatever i gotta do it like i would have had to do it anyways if it does work great you cut down my editing time thank Mm -hmm. you ai yeah it probably works about as well as like other things in photoshop that are kind of getting there kind of work sometimes kind of not uh not always amazing um yeah and like same thing with other adobe products like uh like with premiere right where you'll like use the same warp stabilizer on one bit of footage and on another and you'll have like completely different results and you're like why yeah. like why <laughs> uh same thing with spot with spot healer in photoshop right there's like the spot healing tool sometimes it just yep. nails it right away and you're like boom i can move on with my oh, life man. and sometimes it's like so weird and bad it just gave you like six eyes on your person <laughs> and you're like nope <laughs> Healing is so much better on Lightroom, at least from my perspective. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe oh, I'll have man, to s- I love sw- it. switch up my workflow a little bit. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm pretty much agreeing with you here. Um, and uh, that's what the the person who wrote the article here on Petapixel is kind of saying uh, the same thing. Um, that like really, uh, this is only really going to help photographers. Um, also saying that like this stuff is happening already when it comes, like I mentioned the cell phone thing, like people have little filters on their apps where they're able to age up and tons of things going on with like, uh, like your photos being like processed, uh, by your phone and like artificially making them brighter or more crisp, like while you're taking the photo artificially blurring out the background, like creating like a fake, like uh, bokeh kind of uh, depth of fields effect, you know? Um, yeah, so I don't know. There are, there's a lot of good things about it and like I'm all for uh, making it simple to edit. There are some things that we definitely need to be worried about here though. Um, one thing that definitely came to mind is like a, a lot of people who kind of get into photography, I think that like their entry level is like photographer's assistant or maybe just like f- photo editing and stuff like that. And mm. when they start doing that, you know, maybe there's like a photographer, like mentor of theirs or friend of theirs that like, okay, wants to throw them an olive branch and says like, Hey, can you edit some photos for me or whatever? And then that's how they like first get into photography and how they like develop a love for it. And maybe like that starts to go away. And I think you kind of, you know, when you're getting rid of like the, um, the work of editing and things like that, like, yeah, people are definitely going to lose jobs. Like that's just, that's just true. Um, whether, whether that's like a bad thing, I don't know that some of that is just like the progression of technology, right? Like cab drivers lost jobs because of Ubers, but you know, whatever horse buggy drivers lost jobs because of cars, you know, it's just like some things are just, uh, technology, but yeah, I do worry about, uh, about people losing that like entry level thing. And you're kind of getting to this point where there's just like one, you know, there's like elite, uh, group of photographers at the top that can afford expensive cameras, uh, can get the best software and basically have a computer edit their stuff and then kind of everybody else is screwed. Um, probably not really what's going to end up happening, but definitely a concern. Um, and then the other thing that I was worried about is like where Adobe is sourcing this information from and like how fair it is 
because what uh, the potential is that like they're gathering all of this data from users, right? The potential is that every time that Michael Costa throws a photo into Lightroom and edits it, that Adobe is taking his process and incorporating that into what they're doing. And then you're basically paying for the privilege of helping them develop their AI. That's something that I thought about <laughs> as well. Very interesting, right? Yeah, no, that is interesting. Yeah, it probably has something to do with the with their uh, their cloud based mm -hmm. uh, platform. And so if you have that turned on, you're yeah, like you said, you're probably contributing to some sort of, um, you know, tech improvements, whether that's yeah. now or, or down the line or yeah. software improvements. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the other thing as well is that just the skill of editing, right? Yeah. Like in episode one, I mean, we talked extensively about how when we got started, <laughs> we turned into really good photo editors very mm -hmm. quickly because mm -hmm. we needed to learn how to fix the thing. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens if you, you underexpose that or you, yeah, you underexpose that image and you, you, you look at the, you know, AI mosaicing, mosaicing. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, all of a sudden you, I don't you, know, you, computer you words, computer stuff, computer stuff, man. I don't know. Uh, they can call them what they want, but it's just, um, you know, you can rely on some sort of button. You click on a button and, and all of a sudden your problems are fixed. So yeah. I, I think, you know, those things are cool. Um, I think for me in my position now, like I'm glad I've had the experience. I, I uh, feel very comfortable in my, in my um, I guess, my knowledge of the platforms. And so just to have the extra help, I guess, is really cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're kind of, I guess, in a way, crippling the future of, of editors because they're, yeah. they're not going to learn how to do a lot of these things just by hand in a way. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I can't really say that it's like better or worse. It's just, it's definitely yeah. different. It's definitely different, right? Yeah. Two sides. Yeah. Two sides. It, it does remind me as well of like those, uh, have you ever seen like the robot photographers at Disney World? So we got monkeys and we got we got robots. <laughs> man. Yeah, man. At Disney World, that's what they all throw. I'll throw if up. If you some start pictures, telling yeah. me, yeah, please show me some or photos so I know who to go after. But <laughs> I'm just robots. saying, that, if yeah, we start dude. seeing gazelles with GoPros <laughs> gazelles. attached to their horns, I'm a flip, man. Do gazelles have horns or, or like the antlers or whatever? I don't know, dude. You dig this whole. You dug this. Whole <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> and I'm going to bury myself in it and, and gonna... I'm going to end it here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I agree with you. It's like very, it's a, it's teeter tottering, teeter tottery, teeter tottering fifth yeah. grade English as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's a bright and a, and a dark side to it. And then, you know, you brought up a very good point with the job. Yeah. So it's all, yeah. it's all interesting. I think like, uh, it's all the more reason really to just like stay on the, stay on the edge, like keep, keep your skills. And yeah, if, I mean, if there are, if there are new, uh, applications coming out and new features like keep trying to learn them and uh, and stay on top of them if they can help you uh, edit your videos faster edit your photos faster like that's just going to give you an edge ultimately I don't know why you'd like to kind of shy away from that type of thing but yeah that's yeah. that's the scary future uh, that we're looking at here yeah yeah and that's uh, that's that news story so yeah be afraid all right but thank you so much for tuning in Jared thank you for joining me on an incredible conversation i love the conversation we had thank today. you man this was fun yeah 
So everyone go check us out. Uh, our socials will be linked in the description down below, along with the links from everything we talked about today. So mm-hmm. go check that stuff out, but mm-hmm. also leave a comment down below. Jared, what's the question of the day? Uh, the question of the day is, um, do you think that AI will be good for photography? Beautiful. Just as we rehearsed, right? Just. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to comment with, um, you know, answering Jared's question. Don't forget to hit that like button. Share it if you think that your photographer friends will enjoy the topics. I don't see why they wouldn't. Just share it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But until next time, this has been the Photography Bros. And it's been great to have you with us. Bye.